It's the Lakeland Sports Guys. I'm Tom Carroll. Chris Cox next to me. We got the coach, Dan Spivey, and we got the real coach, uh, Jason Burke, uh, enjoying <laughs> lunch here at Howard's on Main today. We're, we're just going to harass him the entire meal. He's always said he wasn't talking, but he's got an assistant that he would send over here. So uh, he's going to enjoy his meal whether we uh, want him to or not. It is, but a lot of stuff happening here at Howard's on Main uh, today. As a matter of fact, we got live entertainment coming up at 8 o'clock. The Wanna Beatles are just outside. They're already got the tents and everything set up. Went through sound check earlier when I was here, so uh, they're ready to go. And you get here early because it is people already. People already out. here. Yeah, they're waiting. They're come, waiting on these people come, to leave. Come, the come in to Howard's and get you a special and sit down to eat, and you'll have plenty of time to or take it to your seat. That might be even better. Just take it to your seat. Yeah, that's perfect. And, of course, we can't forget uh, uh, the fifth member of our team, and that being Jim Still, joining us via the phone line today as uh, some of us have working jobs. <laughs> and, and, and fortunately, Jim's the one that got uh, the short end of the stick and to work today. But, Jim, good to see you or good to hear from you, I guess. Hey, man, always a pleasure to be with, with the Lakeland Sports guys. Always fun to have you on, and we got a lot of baseball to talk about. Uh, you know, Chris was was ranking on you pretty good. You, you did well with your picks as far as the regionals and, and where what came out of them. I, unfortunately, I was sad to see that Clemson wasn't one of those. Yeah, Clemson ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw as we kind of talked about last week, but uh, I didn't go out on a limb and pick Northeastern like some of our, some of our panel. <laughs> hey, Northeastern was the team, man. They, they just did not pull <laughs> through for me. Hey, you know, Jim, the one I lost that really hurts me in the biggest of the polls I was in are the Tigers because I had them winning it all. Yeah, that was a tough. That was a tough game. Probably the game of the tournament so far, without a doubt. That Tennessee game and. Just didn't have any juice to bounce back the next day. But what what a tough region it was. But what a what a fun time this is as nine of the sixteen national seeds survive and they will go on to play in super regionals this weekend. But then you look at some of those that didn't survive. Look at Vanderbilt getting beat by Xavier. Now that I don't how many people picked Xavier to be <laughs> going to a, a super, a super regional, regional? I mean I might hey, now, hey, we did get Southern Miss right though. We did get you that. You did. One that right. was a great thing. Yeah, that was a we, great thing. We that knew that was going to be a good one. Yep. That that Auburn region was was a mess from the get go with Auburn getting beat and Southern Miss getting beat, but Southern Miss was able to work their way back through the uh, losers bracket, and they were they were able to beat Penn twice to uh, to get that bid. But yeah, I think the biggest surprise for me, Stan, was probably the Arkansas game. Yeah. Well, that, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, what just a what do you think of of the way the brackets kind of shake out? And you've got so many from the same conference playing each other. I mean, you look at Wake's gonna have to play Virginia, and you know, and that's two ACC teams that have played each other. You look at uh, a couple of SEC schools that are gonna be playing each other to, for the yeah. Okay, your, your conference is gonna get one to Omaha, which you you know that. But, I mean, these are guys that have played against these teams, three-game series during regular season. Why do you want to see it again? You know, let's let's try to figure a way. I mean, you can't do the perfect bracket where nobody plays. I understand that. But it looks like sometimes when they put these teams in these opposing brackets that they do it on purpose just so they don't have everybody from the same conference out there. 
Stan, you answer your own well, question, Mo. You answer your own question. There's really only two conferences in baseball, and that's ACC, SEC around here, Pac-12, and, I mean, out west. But that's the reason you got these games. Like, I really don't want to see LSU and Kentucky play this weekend. I don't either. I don't <laughs> want to see South Carolina have to play Florida again after I mean, you don't beat them three times. Medicine. Yeah, after you beat them. And, and just like with Wake and Duke, I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I just, I just don't <laughs> well, like that's a byproduct. That's the byproduct of the uh, product that's put on the field in the SEC and the ACC. So uh, six SEC teams are still alive, two ACC teams, as you guys mentioned. And there are some duplicate matchups. But, hey, man, this is fun. This is when it really counts, so to speak. So I don't know about you guys, but I'll be glued to my television all weekend watching these games. I, I'm gonna be in Beaufort, so I probably won't see a whole lot of it. But anyway, and, and by the way, Tom Carroll, now wait a minute. Now you said it when Jim steals away. When I'm in Beaufort, don't I do usually do my phone podcast with you? You, you do from yeah. Carolina Tavern, man. So see, we all we all still work when we got to be there. But um, <laughs> all right, Jim, we already know about USC Florida. We play before they're gonna meet up again this time there at Condren Family Ballpark, which is in Gainesville. But um, What's the matchup you're looking for on this one? Is it hitting or pitching for, for both teams? Well, I think it's both. I think South Carolina, uh, they're pitching. They look really, really good in their regional. You can uh, knock that region if you want, but <laughs> South Carolina did exactly what they had to do. They went out there and took care of business, and I thought they looked really, really good in the process. And I think they are primed to go down to Florida. And I really see this being a three-game series. I think this could go into day three. And I think both teams have a powerful lineup. They got good pitching. I do think uh, Florida has a little bit of a revenge factor going on, but South Carolina seems to have got their mojo back. So I picked Florida to, to win this super, but I could see South Carolina coming out of this. I'm not going to argue with you about yeah, it either. I, but. I, I agree with you, Jim. I think it's going to be a three-game series. I. I'd like to see it just go two and Carolina come out of it, but I, I'm looking at three games. As with most of these regions, the Duke weight game, that that series, I think that's going to go three. Uh, the Kentucky LSU, I don't know if Kentucky's really got enough to take take two out of three from LSU, especially playing in Baton Rouge. But uh, some of these others, I don't even know enough about the teams to even make a pick. You got them. We'll, we'll help you through it. Jim, Jim, here's one for you. If we're called the Yardcocks, what are the Gators this year? I don't know, man. They've been kind of up and down, a little uncharacteristic for a Kevin O'Sullivan team. But, man, they always have a ton of talent, and they're putting it together late in the year. And they had to beat Texas Tech twice <laughs> to come out of that regional, and, and they did. I thought there for a minute South Carolina was going to host a super regional. Yeah. We were hoping. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that would have been great for the state of South Carolina. It just didn't happen, but – should be a very competitive series down in Gainesville. And, of course, the winner, I think the winner of that Super will play the winner of the Fort Worth Super, which Indiana State and Texas Christian are part of. And uh, Indiana State couldn't host this week, so it went to TCU. And, man, TCU just just took care of business down in um, in Arkansas last week, just ran through that region. And, uh, and the number with, of runs – the number of runs that they put up against Arkansas was just unbelievable. I mean, that, yep. it, they were putting up softball-type numbers. So that baseball must have been looking like softball to them boys, isn't it? 71 home runs on a year by this TCU team. We didn't hear anything about the home runs from TCU. 
That's why. What this is a this is really an interesting region. This this is Indiana State. Everybody overlooks Indiana State. I think uh, you guys all picked. I think I was the only one to pick Indiana State last week. And you know, North Carolina and Iowa were both in that region. But it was Indiana State who was the last team standing. They have excellent pitching. This is a matchup that sees good hitting versus good pitching. And normally I would go with good pitching, but I, I like TCU. I like the hitting. I like their offense. And I think they're going, you know, with the home field advantage, I think they will find their way out to Omaha. Yeah. And that's talk, important I, I, if you're a South Carolina fan. I want to talk you out of it real quick because, you know, I just told you about all the home runs, 71 for, for TCU. Do you know how many home runs that Indiana State has? 110. How many? They have 85. 85. Yeah. They, they're right in there behind everybody else. And you know what their ERA is, Jim? 3.78. Yeah. 3.78. Yeah. to a 4.20. So, I haven't had my eyes on Indiana State until now because of Larry Bird probably back in the day. And I don't mean no offense, Indiana State fans. But that's just that's the reason I just really hadn't got on that, that group yet. But I was just so amazed by the amount of runs scored in these by these teams. What was the region, uh, reason you – I think you alluded to earlier about why could Indiana State not host this game? Why does uh, they, You know, I'm not exactly sure. They said they had, they had some prior commitments, but there, there is a financial commitment also that these schools have to uh, entertain to host these regions, and I don't know if they decided not to do that or not, but uh, I think officially they said they just didn't have the capacity. You know, I guess it was another music festival going on this time in Terry Host. It may be, man. I was yeah. just wondering because that's kind of weird that you're going to miss out on all that kind of money yeah. and let it go to Fort Worth, Texas, uh, when your team's fought so hard to have home field about it. It looked like to me if it was Taylor Swift, they'd tell her to go somewhere else. But um, we got a game to play. But um, that's just one of the games that we've talked about. And, that, uh, and in that region, I did pick Iowa to come out of it. I thought Iowa man, was really – I thought uh, Iowa was that team. team too. I really did. And Iowa played Iowa well. Iowa North Carolina played two really good games. Yeah. Iowa – Put uh, North Carolina out in in the, uh, the the game going into the championship game of that regional. That game went 13 innings. That yeah. may may have been the second best game of last weekend. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. That was a good series down there. I mean, uh, who we got next song, Carol? Who you want to talk about next? Well, I'm just gonna. I I went and looked up Indiana State. The re- statement that they <laughs> made from the athletic department is mentioned a lack of hotel space and the uh, uh, constrained staff as factors for not hosting. Mm, okay. So that's now, the official now, word. Now, now, this doesn't make any sense to me because, <laughs> you know, I'm my little old feeble brain here, but you just hosted a region. But the Special Olympics With, is okay, the reason yeah. for hotel space. Okay, so that might – that would be a big number, I the guess. Summer games but are happening. There. I'm just thinking, yeah, if it's the summer games. But I would have thought the summer games would – well, no. And they would have known about that, that too. Was, yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. it's going to take precedent. Yeah. yeah man, that's a good job. Yeah. Hey, guys, we can stay in that lower bracket, that bracket two, they call it. Um, another good matchup this weekend in the Super Regional is in Charlottesville. It, it is a rematch of ACC uh, rivals. Virginia will host Duke. Duke yeah. won two out of three from Virginia during the regular season at Virginia. But Virginia beat a pretty good East Carolina team to get here. And Duke, as we know, took care of Coastal Carolina down in Conway. So this should be a really good matchup. And I told you guys last week, of all the teams I've seen in person this year, Duke, probably the most physically imposing team um, that I've seen. They look like a D1 
baseball team. Well, I, 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 watched, I watched both of the, the Duke Coastal games. The one, I think it was Friday or Saturday night, where Coastal beat them 8-6. to six. I thought Duke pitching was, you know, D1 average, um, about like Coastal, D1 average. Um, I thought Coastal hit the ball better, hit it harder, it seemed like. But then the second game, I mean, Coastal just could not swing the bats. They, I mean, they, for some reason, they just forgot how to hit to the ninth inning, and then they said, oh, we behind, we need to score some runs. At least they did get a couple of runs on the board and didn't have a shutout. But I thought the Duke pitching pitched a lot better in that championship game than they did the night before. And maybe that was something that the Duke coach was setting up, uh, gave him, you know, that game gave him what he needed as far as scouting, as far as what pitch to throw to what batter. But I think that's a good observation, Stan. I think at the end of the day, it was just too much depth right, from the right. Duke pitching staff. But I really felt like the coastal bats would keep them in the ball game, and it would be a, another 8-6 ball game. But Coastal was one of these teams that they seemed to get up on top early, and when they did, they went on and won the ball game. They didn't get on top early in this one, and and I think Dick just kind of crept in their head, and they just could not. I mean, they threw pitcher after pitcher, and they just couldn't get Duke out. And the one kid for Duke just got a torn ACL, and he's sitting up there hitting home runs. <laughs> you know, I think this is going to be a great series. I, I, I think too. this may go three games. Well, I, I, think, think, I like Virginia in this series. I was going, I was going to put you on the spot because I, all this you were talking for that and all my stats say, man, there's no way you pick Duke here, stat no. wise. But they're similar. Uh, I think the RPI, Virginia has a 10, 10 RPI, Duke's 19th in the RPI. Um, they're very similar, but I do like the Wahoos in Charlotte. Well, well, and I, I like them because they're playing at home. Yes, sir. I think that's. The teams, I agree with you, they're so much alike, but that's where the home field advantage comes into play. And one of the more intriguing matchups takes place out on the West Coast as Oral Roberts will visit yeah. Oregon. And that is a – that's one that I had a big old question mark on. I, I couldn't really decide which one I liked, but I'm going to go with the Ducks. But it should yeah. be a great matchup. Oregon's still missing their best pitcher, but they – they still have some, some, some good arms. And how about Oral Roberts, just uh, what they did in that regional. That was really impressive uh, last weekend. Just really took care of business out in Stillwater. One of the top teams with runs on the year with 508, Jim scoring runs at, at a gracious plenty with 94 home runs on the year. But Oregon's right behind him at 93. So, I mean, this is going to come yeah. down. But the ERA is where it kind of goes – the way away from my ducks because it's like I said, they got a 5.16 as opposed to a 3 point something. Let me say this real quick because Oregon did go to Vandy and beat the Commodores. I think what we saw last weekend, and and we see this a lot, is the, uh, for lack of a better word, the repercussions of winning a conference title. Vanderbilt ran through the SEC tournament, won that tournament. Clemson did the same thing in the ACC. Neither team got through the regional, because it just wears on you mentally. Um, and, 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 you know, that speaks to the competition and the level you got to show up and play at in both of those conferences. Sometimes I agree, it yeah. works. 
I like that. So now, who won the Pac-12 13? I mean, didn't Stanford win? And they will be the playing Pac- here in a little bit. So yeah. the Pac-12 yeah. conference. I'm yeah. not sure. I think it was Stanford. I think it was Stanford too. So I'm gonna, I'm about to get your pick here in a little bit on that one too. <laughs> but but you did good because I knew Chris. I knew I knew Chris was gonna take the ducks in this one. So uh, I, I usually wear the ducks. Just him. don't go with blue. I got to figure out a way to incorporate it into our next uh, set of jerseys that we decide to get at Lakeland Sports Guys, <laughs> where we can wear the green. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about some really good super regionals, Jim. I'm telling you. And then uh, we're just we just touching base on it, Tom. Who you, you want next? Who you want to talk about? Well, Texas Stanford. We might as well stick with the Stanford Let's portion of it that's there. But uh, you look at Texas not being none. There wasn't a Texas team that hosted a regional at all, and, and uh, Texas Tech just about got it done. Uh, but Texas did get it done. And ended up going three and zero out there in Coral Gables. But uh, you know Stanford, you never know what's going to happen. Never know what's going to happen. What. I watched a lot of that. That those were the late games over the weekend. Stanford and Texas A and M. Texas A and M won the first matchup, and then Stanford came back and had to win two to win that region. And uh, just an impressive performance by Stanford. I didn't think they had that in them to beat Texas A and M twice. But yeah, Texas has got to go coast to coast. They won the Miami regional uh, pretty easily, and now they got to go to the other side of the country. To take on a hot Stanford team, and by the way, it was Oregon who won the Pac-12 tournament. They beat Arizona in the championship game. That's who. You're right. That's right. Okay, good job. But you know, I like Stanford. I like Stanford at home. I think just the travel might get Texas having to go from you know Miami, then over to Palo Alto, California. That's 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 a lot to ask. But this should be a very competitive super region. Very much agree. I like Texas in this game, but I mean, very much agree. You know, I like Stanford's depth at pitching. That's and that's what impressed me. And you're right. I mean, when you're when you're what a two point oh one ERA and you you pitched in the pack like you have, I just think Texas is that team. I think, you know, we we talked about last week about being PO'd about not being able to host. I think it's they're still mad they're having to get on that plane and make those rides, you know, those, those freaking five miles out there. And I just think that's kind of going to be an issue for them when it comes to this. I mean, now because they know they've only got one more flight to make, and then if they if they win this one, they make the ultimate flight, you know, back to Omaha. So I, I think they're in good shape. And it could play in their favor when they do get to Omaha because they have played away from home against some pretty good crowds. So – It'll uh, it could play. It could help them when they get to Omaha. I think, and I think that's what helps. Yeah. I do think he'll go three games, but I do like Stanford in, in that super region. And you know, the one everybody's kind of overlooking. Nobody wants to see LSU and Kentucky play. But when you look at the RPIs, <laughs> this is your number four ranked team in LSU in terms of RPI against Kentucky, who is your two ranked team in, in terms of RPI. I like LSU, though. I like LSU to take care of business, and I know the, the good folks of Omaha are pulling for the Tigers of LSU to make it out there. They they, they love the money and the crowd that they bring out to Omaha. You're exactly. Well, they love the money. And that's the thing. We don't have a Mississippi, Mississippi State this year, so that's going to be the – that may be your darling of the SEC tournament teams that's, that's still in this thing, you know, Gamecock included, Florida included. But they do. You're right. LSU is one of those – 
perennial draws when they go out there they they make their money and like i said I, i'm sitting there watching tom scroll down and i've already said lsu florida and i see tennessee right under it in southern myth so that'll be a game we'll go to in a minute but i mean just it just it didn't shake out the way either that i thought like i said you were the bracket buster man you you stunned me with them because like i said i went out on a limb i knew i didn't have a shot in in the world with my bracket but you jim still stayed true to his, his stat line and and you followed it and that's why like i said i like picking against you man see what we can do well let's talk a little bit about this tennessee southern miss game do you think tennessee could have a letdown after playing in the Clemson Regional and playing that game and then advancing on, and Southern Miss is riding a high right now coming out of that regional that they played in. I thought that you know, would have been Tennessee and Charlotte. I feel like Charlotte probably was the better of the team in that in that whole group yeah, there. Yeah, but Tennessee was so high after the Clemson mm-hmm. win. Can they keep that going, or do they have this letdown now? Uh, we got to go question, play Dan. Southern Miss, you know. Well, we beat Charlotte. <laughs> uh, you can hear them. You can hear them Mountain Boys now. You know, this is supposed to be your four thirteen matchup. This is supposed to be Clemson and Auburn. That didn't manifest itself like we thought it would. But this is a great matchup. I actually listened to a podcast this morning uh, about this 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 particular matchup. A lot of people like Southern Miss. And they are playing well. And what they did at Auburn was impressive. But I like Tennessee in this matchup. I think this year's Tennessee team, they're playing well. I know we said last week on the podcast, you get them out of Knoxville, they, they look like a different team. But they look very dialed in, very focused. And sometimes they don't have the team they had last year. But sometimes, you know, the, the lack of pressure that they have on them uh, allows them to play a little looser, a little freer. And I think you saw that last weekend. I think last year's team was so tight, the expectation was that they win win it all or nothing. And I think this year's team is just going out and, and just playing loose, and they have enough talent. I mean, they have guys throwing 98, 97. And if you watch the Clemson series, Clemson's guys are throwing 91, 92. So Tennessee has got the arms, and, and they're set up to win this thing. And I think they play with a little chip on their shoulder because the NCAA awarded uh, this regional, this super regional, to Southern Miss instead of instead of them. So I'm going with Tennessee in two games. How about that? that, ooh. that ooh. <laughs> you, you're going out on a limb now, brother. I'm, I'm not. I'm not so sure that Tennessee isn't going to win it. But this harkens back to the discussions that we had earlier about Tennessee and the way they play away from home. And if if they don't come down there with the confidence that they came into Clemson with, Southern Miss could take this thing in two games and Clemson and Tennessee be crying all the way back to Knoxville. I can see it but, the other way too, though. I mean, yeah. they got not, they, they got everything to play for. Play they for, got nothing yeah. to lose now. Yeah. They're on the road. They've been on the road, and and they're playing the Southern Miss team that, as much as I love, love. that yeah. fun belt yeah. and all those teams with all those wins. I, this is one I could definitely see Tennessee winning. I, I, I could see that. Rocky top. Oh, oh no! Okay. Southern Miss is the darling in this whole thing. They are the Cinderella. They yeah. are the new one. You're right. I agree. They're the coastal from 2016, so. Oh, I think Oral I might think still be that coastal. Oral, Oral could be, yeah. Oral Roberts Oral might be, be that. Yeah, we forget, we forget about them. 
I just think less talent sometimes outperforms more talent. And with, with the lack of pressure on this year's team up in Knoxville, I, I think they are, are going in with a purpose, and I think they get it done. All right. We got one more region. Oh, we, region. Yeah, okay. Wake Forest, Alabama. Last one up in Winston-Salem. Right. This, this should be a pretty good one. This one held true to form. You got your overall number one seed, Wake Forest. Can they break that jinx? Can they be the first number one seed since 2009 LSU team to, to run the table? They run into a hot Alabama team. Alabama took care of business last weekend, and this should be a competitive series as well. I like the Demon Dinkins, however. I, I think the, the Dinkins pitching staff, that, that starting rotation they got, uh, I don't think there's anybody in college ball that can match them. Um, Jim, I did, think the biggest thing is going to be if can wait for a score enough runs. And, you know, this isn't going to be a one-run ball game, I don't think, unless it goes extra innings and it, it could end up that way. I just think one of these two teams is going to get hot. Alabama has been uh, on a little bit of a streak here. Now, Wake Forest has been on a lot longer streak, but and both of them, like you said, Jim, both of them are in here for first time, you know, trying to get further than they've ever been here lately, and I, I don't know. It's I, I like the arms from Wake, but I like the bats at Alabama, so we'll see which well, one Well, Alabama pitching out. isn't bad either. They shut no, out BC. Yeah, they're not bad. Only won yeah. three games, so. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be just as rested as Wake Forest. But they have to go on the road to Wake. Yeah. And uh, hopefully Wake, the, the fan base from Wake Forest, will fill the stands up because we know uh, you better watch out because if there's a ticket available out, some Alabama crazy somewhere is going to buy it. No, they'll eat them up. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you, and you liable to walk into that stadium and you think you're going to into Wake's home field and all of a sudden you look around and there's nothing but Alabama people. Jim, I'm looking up something and I can't find it. I, earlier in the last week or two, something happened with Alabama coach. What is it? Uh, there were some um, allegations that there there was some betting going on. Oh, that's right. Brian uh, Bohannon, that's it. I couldn't yeah. think of what it was. Yeah, I did Boy. You know, you mentioned that, but what a good job uh, they've done to kind of hold that thing together down there. That could have went sideways quick. Quick, but, you're right. And that's kind of where uh, I was bringing this from. I, I, I couldn't remember what it was. I couldn't find it when I was looking it up. I, I'm not as quick on the mic as you are when you're looking up stuff. You and Tom Carroll by far the top dogs on that. But, I mean, Wake Forest, you know, you said it last week, and I kind of shook it off and kind of laughed at you about it. But um, by far the best team in the ACC this year, probably, hands down. And uh, I, they're at home. I just – I like – the Deacons in this thing, I've just, but Alabama, like you said, like them being there, just as a testament to them and what they they worked through the hard times and the criticism and the rumors. So, should be another one of those really good supers. I agree. I think Wake Forest has the best pitching staff. So in Omaha, we got Wake Forest against Stanford. Uh, Tennessee will play LSU. These are my predictions. Florida <laughs> will play Virginia, and TCU will take on Oregon uh, in the College World Series next week. Those are all the okay. favorites. <laughs> I was going to say, don't that sound okay, like who, who, who do you have it playing in the last two ball games? Yeah, you go through the last four games. Well, we'll, Let's go we'll to the last about, four. All right. We'll talk about the College of World Series next week. All right. Okay. You going right. to be here next week? 
But uh, how about this? How about uh, ECU? The curse continues for East Carolina. Yep. Still yep. can't get out to Omaha. I know coach. The, the coach there has been sought, all, sought after by a lot of uh, more higher-profile programs. Um, Godwin, I think is his name, Cliff Godwin. Um, but they fall short once again up at Virginia. But what a job he's done up there in Greenville, North Carolina. But East Carolina, they just can't get over the hump and get out to Omaha. They're there, though, man. Every year, you're right, Cliff Godwin's got that team playing baseball. And every year I want to play up there in Greenville, North Carolina, Tom. I'll just tell you, every time they come on TV, I'd, I'd love to put that purple and yellow or whatever on and, and wear that uniform because they, they play that baseball that I love to watch them play. So that's my style of play. Like I said, that's, that might be the reason I had them pick to win that one, Jim, maybe. <laughs> and I lost that one also. So. Yep. Well, that was a pretty good pick. A lot of people like East Carolina and it went down to the, the last game, so it was close. Yeah, we got there. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Post-20 baseball, they're 1-1 one one on the season here so far. Um, I got to see the opening series. Uh, you know, the team basically got cut in half on Tuesday night uh, or Monday night due to the fact that there were a lot of seniors that were on their senior trip um, and weren't there. But they put up a valiant fight and valiant effort, I thought. I mean, it was a 6-1 loss uh, to start the season out. But they played um, – Probably really well the first four, maybe three and a half innings. They did, and Tom, I, I'm sure you know, but they went up too easily last night, picked up a big win. Uh, they went up there and defeated the same team that beat them the other night. Uh, they beat them seven to three. Mm-hmm. So their record's one and one. Looking forward to getting out to uh, Legion Field tonight as they will take on Anderson at seven o'clock. Yeah, and, uh, you need to come out and see these guys. Caden Poor has put on a hitting show. Um, you look at what Jonah McCary has done as far as pitching and coming in relief. I think he did a fantastic job uh, basically shutting down the bats of, of Easley. But Anderson right now trailing in the league. They're at the bottom. This should be a – I'm not going to say it's an easy win, but it should be a win, I would think, for uh, uh, post-20. Over hey, nothing's baseball. You got to show up and play every night. But I did have, I want to say this before I get out of here. I did have the opportunity to go out and watch the Junior Legion game last night. Uh, Greenwood and Emerald played, and it, it was a pretty spirited affair that took place over at Emerald High School. But it was, uh, it was the Junior Legion Eagles that defeated the Vikings 16 to 4. So, um, pretty good game last night. And uh, all that despite the fact that Thomas Hyde is probably the best pitcher right now in that junior league. I hadn't seen him pitch yet, so um, looking forward to seeing that later, later in the yeah. season. That should be fun to watch. Should be a good time. And then softball, they ended up splitting. They're playing tonight as well, 6 o'clock a doubleheader against uh, Abbeville. I suspect that they'll just run through both of these games at 5 and 7 o'clock. I think that's – they are depending on state champions, right? <laughs> For a reason. <laughs> and and it sooner rather than later, Stan Spivey will get his, his uh, field on the same uh, campus as we want to call it. You'll have the yeah. men's and women's eventually at yeah. the same spot, which would be great. Even better for us guys that are having to go all over the world to watch them play. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Greenwood does a great job hosting them right now, too. So yeah. I know they, they want to get their own spot, too, and they deserve it. Hey, guys, before y'all get off the podcast, y'all didn't uh, venture out and give your picks for the Super Regional, so make sure y'all do that. Uh, when I go back and listen to it, I want to hear you. Uh, I'm waiting on you to – I tell you, man, we're going to be here next week just like you could probably be here next week. So <laughs> we'll do it together. Hey, 
<laughs> hey guys, I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you, Jim. So always a pleasure. Yep. Yep. All right, my friend. Take care. We'll see you tonight. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good afternoon. All right. Jim Steele joining us uh, from work today, talking a little bit about the Super Regionals and what's getting ready to happen. And while he's uh, well, got it in his here, let's go ahead and, and do what he asked. You start with uh, that first regional, Wake Forest in Alabama. Everybody here's got Wake Forest, correct? Even yeah. Deeks. Yeah. Stanford uh, taking on Texas. I'm, I'm going with Longhorns. Texas. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Longhorns. So Longhorns all the way on that one. LSU, Kentucky. LSU. LSU. Um, Tennessee Southern Miss. I'm going Tennessee. I think they're hot right now. I think I'm going to go Southern Miss. I'm, I'm, going, going, is, I'm, I'm pulling I'm, for I'm you. Going, I hope you're right. This is going to be the little <laughs> darling, the little engine that could. I'm going Southern Miss from that one as well. Uh, Florida taking on South Carolina. I'm going with the Gamecocks. I, I, I watched the series earlier this year, and uh, I like what I saw from it. Uh, I have been very critical of Mark Kingston and his tinkering, uh, whatever we want to call it, timing issues with players. But I don't like – I'm just not a big Kingston guy anyway. But I think going down there, I think they have all the pressure on them, and, and we can breathe. We can relax. And I think that this is something that to pitch it. You have a picture like Beckler go to the coach and say, hey, we got Noah Hall out. We got three other guys hurt. Give me the ball, and I'll win it for you. All right, you're going to get your wish, Beckler. This is your weekend to do it, bud. And I'm, I'm picking the Gamecocks to come out of that one. Well, I'm liking the Gamecocks too, but I'm liking them more from they got their bats going last weekend and scored a lot of runs. And, yeah, they hit a couple of home runs, but a lot of their stuff was small ball, just base hit after base hit. Of course, for some reason, this <laughs> team seems to get – hit by pitch more than any team I've seen in college baseball. And they're not standing any closer to the plate than anybody else. And they get a lot of walks, but they have been able to follow those free bases up with just a little, you know, C&I single, little stuff. It, it wasn't a lot of big doubles and triples and, you know, grand slams or anything that won the ball games for them. So I'm hoping that uh, the bats will stay hot. The pitching, like you say, last week, we had some younger guys just step up to the plate and say, yeah, I, I was down the list, but I'm ready to go, Coach. Well, and I think that's where the depth comes in with this. Yeah. For South Carolina, I like the fact that th they've come full circle. It yeah. was Florida game before the injuries hit that they dominated. The bats are back as of last weekend. The pitching is back as of last weekend. So is the infield. Yeah. That's the big factor yeah. in that one and what they've been able to do defensively. I, I like South Carolina in that regard. I think Florida is kind of might be thinking that, hey, we got a chance to do the injuries, but the injuries are, are, are healed. The 215 the matchup would scare a lot of people when they see number two by Florida and 15 by the game, guys, but don't let that fool you. No. <laughs> it, 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 I'm going South Carolina on that one, too. Uh, number seven, Virginia hosting the Dukies. Um, I'm going with Virginia. I just don't think Duke has to, what it's going to take. They've got the home runs, but I, I'm going to go with the pitching, too, at, at yeah. Charlottesville. Yep. Virginia it is all the way around. Oregon, Oral Roberts. This one's uh, a little interesting. I ain't going against the, the Ducks, of, man. The battle of the O's. <laughs> the battle well, of the O's. You know, I'll, I'll take Oregon. I'll, I'll jump on Chris's bandwagon, <laughs> and it's mainly because they're going to be playing in Oregon. I think that uh, Oral Roberts had their little moment to shine, their 15 minutes of fame in the regional, and it – the pressure's going to be more on them than Oregon. I don't think I so. Think. I think the pressure's going to be on Oregon with you this think one, so? particularly if Oral Roberts, because um, Oral Roberts is back to their regular rotation, much yeah. like they were last week, yeah. and they're going to throw out you know number one, number two, number three on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Um, they could put a lot of pressure on Oregon. And what we talked about earlier on Monday about midweek games and how you face – that's how you look yeah. at these playoffs right here. That's exactly what you just said. That's what Oral Roberts is going to do. It's going to be the midweek pitcher. Knowing they're going to face that the blunt of that Oregon bullpen in Eugene, and you, you you know what if they win that's how they win it. I think it is the pitching from Oral Roberts, not the hitting, but the pitching against the Ducks. So that'll be interesting to watch. I know you'll be glued to it, and we love our little Cinderellas, our darlings, and it's it's Oral Roberts this year well, right now. And Oral Roberts is only like two and a half hours away from my alma mater, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with well, those folks. And that's one thing we may ought to look at in that one, cause Eugene, Oregon, this time of year. It could still be a little chilly. You know, I'm thinking I might have saw and a little bit of snow little, on that that yeah. top soil the other day. <laughs> you know, I the mean, ground's uh, still hard. So yeah, so, you better, um, it, them bats yeah, is going to be juiced. juiced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, TCU. They get to host number 14 Indiana State uh, due to the Indiana Special Olympics being held at Indiana State. They've had to change venues in this one. Um, you know, Jim is is really high on Indiana State, but he took TCU in this. He did, and I'm very high on both of those teams also. It's one of these games that who do you pick? I mean, because if you're looking at number-wise, you got the 14 seed, which is really a high seed for a team as good as Indiana State. And then you just had a team like TCU who just made an upset in one of the regionals to to actually get to host it, even though they don't really deserve it. They're a hot team right now, Tom, and the Horned Frogs, I I think they're the better team. I do too. I'm going to go with that, and it's just – you can only have one Cinderella at the big dance. And I think Indiana State's not going to be that Cinderella. I don't know if I have one, do I, Tom? Because I think I, I, the Cinderella's I look at, I got took out of the tournament. Well, you took all Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he took. Oh, I he took, took Oregon. Oregon. Okay, you took all. I took all. Yeah, okay. You yeah, took you, he Oregon. took them. And, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I guess the, we're getting down to where we're looking at Tennessee being a, a Cinderella possibly. No, no. I'm, I'm picking because you took I'm Southern picking, Miss. Yeah, I'm well, I'm just Southern saying Miss. the ones that we've talked about that yeah. we have left. I mean, right. whoever wins that's going to maybe be one of your Cinderellas, yeah, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> so. yeah. All right. Well, Monday we'll find out who's going where. <laughs> yep. Well, no. we'll check it. We'll, we'll find well, out who's going to be in Omaha. De- well, depending on weather, they're calling for bad weather down in Florida too. So. Uh, Why is it every time we start, start talking? Six, it, it's going to end up being a 10 o'clock start time. Every time we do a podcast and Nick and those guys come in, we're always talking about bad weather states. Now we're talking about weather in the, in the United States again <laughs> being bad. They, they knew what they were doing when they picked their name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there you have a little bit uh, of the uh, super regional action. Uh, thanks again to Jim Still for man. coming in yeah. and talking a little bit about all of that that's going on. We do have some other stuff that is happening in and around the area. We want to make mention of where Shoals and the uh, stuff that's going Sanctions, up on yeah. up there. Um, Jerome and the high school league uh, listened to Faye Sprouse, the superintendent up there in that school district, and, and you know, I think they kind of understood that. Hey, maybe we should. Maybe we hit them a little too hard. They did yeah. self-report uh, the fines or the issues that they had that were up there, and so the high school league basically came out and said, "You know what? Uh, we're not going to strip you of, of hosting the. Or we're going to strip you of hosting the postseason, but we're not going to let you." or we are going to let you into the postseason. So even if they do make the playoffs in football, they'll be on the road the entire time. Yep. So that that's fair to the players. Yep. You're not punishing the players in that regard. Um, uh, along with that, they uh, have reduced the number of practices that they lost as well from five days down to three days. Um, still going to have to pay the $1,000 fine for the two issues that they did have, practicing in pads and also practicing during a dead period. And then uh, they're still going to have the one scrimmage allowed for each 
for the uh, uh, varsity and the junior varsity. And then um, the other thing is, is we know that uh, uh, the football coach lost the AD position that was up there. Face Brown basically came out and said, we're going to hire somebody to fill that role in, for the meantime in that. And, and that just happens to be their new baseball coach and Chad Roper. So congrats to Chad coming in. Um, not only does he get uh, to be the new baseball coach in, in – uh, going ahead and replacing um, uh, a very good baseball coach that went over to Greenwood Christian, but he's going to have the AD job at least for a year until they evaluate what they're going to do with the AD job. A lot of softball games for that cat right there, but um, great job. You know, Stan, we talked about it. Face Browse, she's, uh-huh. she's leaving superintendent. She's retiring this year. She did the right thing. She got the money. She got the principal, and they went to see Jerome. And, Jerome, I never do this ever, but – Coach, I'm going to give you credit on this one because you got it right. So, Jerome Singleton, you, you finally got one right up there at the, at the uh, coaches at the high school, high league. school league. I had <laughs> forgot about it for a minute. But uh, but he got that one right. I mean, I, st- I still don't know that I agree with them keeping the postseason from being at home. Because if, if they earn the right to play and they win their games, I don't think you should delegate where they play a home game, man. I mean, it's one a football. It I mean, is. It's I not mean, like you're, you're I, having basically, I agree with that. Uh, you know, a couple, a few hundred, maybe three yeah. at most. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, most people when they make the playoffs and they they've earned their way to go and they like to host them. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I but I will give him. Hey, I give him props because I give him so much crap about everything else. Yeah. So, coach, you got this one right. <laughs> so congrats uh good news though for um uh where shoals in the football program that's up there I've, I've had this on my desktop now for a better part of three podcast guys and finally we're going to get to it but uh, lisa jackson is the new head women's basketball coach up there at erskine congratulations to her she graduated in uh, what 2007 from Seven. erskine was a member of the team uh, that was up there. So she gets a return and uh, take Mark Peeler's place, who now Mark can go back to, to doing the AD stuff that he's normally doing, and he'll be able to turn this over to her and see what she can do. I think, I mean, bring it, like, like Stan said, bring an alumni back and let them, that we know they love the school and, anyway. And we're, we're seeing it happening a lot. We are. And, and, and not, 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 it's not just because she is an alumni. Though. This girl has been in coaching and she's coached a lot of years. She's never been a head coach, but uh, I think, you know, you coach for 10 years, you're ready. Oh, yeah, she's got stops in what? Fort Valley State, yeah. Jacksonville, Georgia Southern, Presbyterian Queens. And, and her coach was Mark Peeler. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so he knows, day. and she knows the Erskine College, you know, Erskine. She knows the U.S., she knows the fan base, knows what it takes to play there. So that's. Uh, that had a lot to do with him making that hire, though, him I, knowing that player, I can tell you. Know, yeah, knowing her mindset, yeah. And the fact that Erskine women also have their four leading scorers returning, I think, is going to help out a lot. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward. You know, we're looking forward to basketball already this year at Erskine yeah. because you got a new men's basketball coach and you got a new ladies coach up there. So it's going to be interesting. So Coach Peeler has been a busy guy this summer, but uh, I think he'll, he'll be to sit back and just – enjoy it when it comes time for the fall to come back and run and, and just be an athletic director. I know he'll be happier doing that probably. So. I don't know. He, he likes coaching, too. He does now. <laughs> he does. And yeah. we said he would coach until he found somebody found that he somebody thought else, could do yeah. it better, and, and he did. So, Got to go through that list. 
Um, Got to also make mention, uh, and I know this is a little late, but the uh, Greenwood Abbeville Little League eight and under All Stars. What third time yeah. that they have managed to go through and get the District <laughs> One title? So, uh, congrats to them. They are the champs, and now they get a chance to head on down to Somerville, Somerville. and uh, see what they can do down there. But they defeated easily ten to eight to Lawrence nine to three to set up the rematch with Wren uh, for Sunday's matchup, and then they would just kind of went on a, a, a late run and ended up with a five three win on that one. Um, but you know, Somerville's a different different area and and for their new coach and coach Falaw, you know he's he's ecstatic he's got a lot of energy and the kids kind of feed off of him that's what you need and that's like i said you know and this is where i do know you go going down to one of my old stall mcgarrounds in somerville this is what they live for here they live for their little league baseball i can remember back when we were playing on saturdays there were Several teams from that area that ended up making it out to the Little League World Series just from that area right there. So when you get down Dorchester Road, you better have your your heels, I mean your uh, cleats and and your gloves, and ready to play some baseball because they're going to be ready. Getting I ready love the fact that Coach Falaw is doing that, and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, but June fifteenth, that'll be uh, their first game, and we'll try to keep you updated on on when they play and who they're playing uh, as soon as all that is announced, and we get more details on all that. And then um, I'm going to save that for last. <laughs> let's let's talk about Leon Messi. If you like soccer, you know who there this cat is. Um, he went ahead and sold, signed a, a multi-year deal um, with Interim Miami, which is a member of the MLS. So they're going to. That means we're, we got a chance in actually seeing Messi play up right. in Charlotte because that Charlotte team is a member of MLS. Uh, and you know, th- if you want to see the best play. This is your opportunity to go ahead and get tickets and find out when that Miami-Charlotte game is going to take place. And as far as that David Beckham type deal, isn't yeah. Beckham like the big guy in that league or whatever? So, I mean, that, well, that's what you expect. I mean, he, well, if you got – if your MLS is not – it is on Sundays now, Stan, because yeah. I actually call it on C, I mean, on ABC, Channel 13 out of Asheville Sunday. The Sounders were playing somebody, and I'm not a soccer guy, but if you want people to watch it, you got to bring them in to play it. And Lionel Messi is a guy that even I know. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and we've always had to fight with the European leagues, and the, the better players from the U.S. would sign contracts with – you know, Manchester, Manchester City, Liverpool, all these teams. And they're playing in England, and so we didn't get to see them. And and now some of those guys are staying home, and it's helping bring some of the bigger names from Europe, from South America, into the United States to play for these teams. So it's a – Knock on wood real it's, quick, because there's a guy in England I want to see over here, and that's Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that cat. <laughs> well, how, how important is this in happening right now for men's soccer in the United States when you've got the World Game it's World huge. Cup coming? What three years? Three years. It's huge. And my grandson and them—they're already trying to figure out what site we're going to go to <laughs> and see. And I said, "Well, you, you don't know, so you can't make plane reservations and hotel reservations three years out because you don't know what city the U.S. would be playing in." He doesn't now, care. Papa's going to take care of this deal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did take my son, and we did go down and watch the qualifier down in Orlando last year. And it was it, – when you get into a stadium that is built for soccer and you get fans in that stadium that know the game, understand the game, you don't sit down. You stand up and you chant and you scream the whole game. 
And and when it's over, you just walk out and you're friends. I mean, you know. Uh, but it's uh, – Have you been to Charlotte? Different. Have you been to that stadium no, in Charlotte? No, I haven't been to Charlotte. Have you been to Charlotte yet? I have not. For soccer? I just wondering how, how it ranks with, like, Orlando. I mean, I've been to Atlanta. I've been yeah. to that one. Okay. Well, and, and the stadium in Atlanta, Orlando, uh, one of the end zones, and, and they call it the wall. And we're used to, you know, you walk in the stadium, you got seats, and they're all numbered, and you sit down with backs. Some of them have arms, different things. And, and the wall, you got a hand railing, and you got a number on that hand rail with a cup holder. <laughs> so you're going to stand up. There's no sitting down because it's the aisle behind you. I mean, it's and they just, and everybody wants to get in the wall. That's where the American Outlaws and some of these other groups that follow the men's team, no matter where they go, these groups follow them, and they'll have their banners and they'll have their drums and horns. And how many did he get into soccer? It's, Maybe it's, something it's, it's to a see. new animal, and, and you've got <laughs> to see it in person. I mean, you can see it on TV. But it's totally different when you're there. It, now, we were like the 50-yard line, and it was still – I mean, you could feel the energy in the stadium. Of course, it didn't hurt that we won the match 3-0, but, you know, we still – and it was the last qualifier, so, you know, it meant you needed to win, and that kind of secured your place at the World Cup. So. Yeah. So, congrats to Messi, and welcome him yeah. back to the United States, uh, being part of that uh, Miami squad that's down there. They didn't say how much money he's getting for coming over here, yeah. but I can imagine uh, it's got Miami a lot of zeros. Yeah. It's another one, guys. Oh, uh, money. That's not really what he's no. kind of like. Messi used yeah. to over there about with the other stuff. I mean, he's more about that recognition and just that what he can be for the world for soccer soccer not so. really financially and yeah. they are going to pay well, him he, he's already financially he ain't coming for free yeah. but he's going to have a good time <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got enough money to live off of i promise you all right uh, everybody has been waiting for this portion of the show because they have asked me all week since tuesday and the announcement came out with live golf and pga and what is going on and uh, is it really a merger or is it just one company that everybody's going under one umbrella um, seems to kind of be the draw. Nobody really knows what's going to happen other than the fact that we know that the PGA is going to have a majority uh, of the say as to what happens with this umbrella, correct? You are, Yeah, you're uh, correct. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're looking at. It, this all comes down to money and lawsuits. The PGA would no longer exist if they tried to keep if they tried to keep suing live and mm-hmm. lives the same way. They got lawsuits against the PGA. So all those lawsuits now just mysteriously go away, and the PGA gets to jump in there and get some of that salty money like some of the players did. Because <laughs> the people well, that are at the top of the PGA say, well, I can, if I can get some of that money, why can't I get it? These players are getting it. I ain't got to say a word about Stan Spivey. just said That's the same thing I, I texted you yesterday. Jay Monahan. <laughs> You want to talk about Phil and Dustin Johnson being sellouts? Yeah. You a bigger sellout than all these guys here. Yeah. You're taking the Saudi money now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at some of the other mergers in history. Now, you are a live guy, by the way. I, mean, I, I do <laughs> like live golf. You I, are a live I, guy. I, I, I like the team aspect. I think it's a lot of fun. I like the laid-back atmosphere on it. Um, to me, the PGA is, is is the stuffy old English guy that, you know, walks in with the You're umbrella right. in the hat. You're right. Um, 
But you look at the other mergers that are there. You look at the NFL, AFL, and what has happened with them and coming as part of the Super Bowl. You look at the World Series uh, in 1903, um, the NBA and the ABA, where yeah. the NBA absorbed the ABA and all of a sudden happened there. you got to go back a long ways to 79 in the NHL when they took over the upstart league at the WHA, if you remember all that back then. And where have those programs gone? They've gone bigger and better because of all of that. And that's what I've got to keep putting you know in front is somehow some way they're looking at those and saying how did they do it we've got to do it the same way yeah. and using the money from from the PIF which we're still kind of concerned as to how all that's going to work how are you going to take a nonprofit organization that's accepting all of that money uh, you know how, how how is that going to work can they keep that status in the process the other thing that I was looking at was Nowhere in there does it mention what's going to happen with live. What what's in it yeah. for live? Yeah, you know it's all PGA this, PGA, PGA, PGA. They're going to have a majority of the 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 um, people on the board. They're going to you know still keep the same uh, uh, tournaments and, and everything will stay the same. Now the money prices might go up as far as the the rewards go and 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 what they get for the cash, but. Lives still nobody it's, knows what's going to happen. It, it's going to make it easier for the guys that didn't want to leave the PGA, that are loyal to the PGA, to say, well, I can go play in this live tournament now. Cause and find out what the it's PGA, The PGA not, may not have a, a tournament that weekend. So, yeah, I'll fly over here because live doesn't have that many tournaments. And they're only three-day tournaments. So and they're worldwide. The guy, so. and, and the guy that's playing in the PGA says, Hmm. I go play and live. If I finish in the top five in that tournament, I'm getting this many dollars. Mm-hmm. The next week I'll be back playing in the PGA, and I got to finish number one to make even close to that money. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a good you point. You know, and and it, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that we're going to see is that the PGA guys can go play, live without being look down upon yeah and i, I think live will, will reevaluate the 40 and it may yeah. it may increase um the number of of athletes that they they actually accept well, they, in. they may take but, you know the top they may say okay the top 20 golfers if you qualify if you're in the top 20 you can come play any live tour you want to and we'll play you uh you get down there at the bottom of the pga stuff where you're really playing to keep your card you might not get invited, but then again, you might. It depends on how many they want, like you said, how many will they let you come in and play. Yeah, they, they want to keep their numbers down. Well, they want to they keep want the to teams play three even. Days. Yeah. yeah, and they want to play three days at a relaxed atmosphere. You can't do that when you've got – you know, 85 teams play. <laughs> yeah, but will live, you know, the question that, that Monaghan was asked was, will live continue to exist uh, as a golf league? Um, you know, he says, I can't make that statement. I don't know because the board hadn't been formed. Yeah. So we still don't know what's going to happen with all that. He was also asked, will live golfers be able to come back to the PGA and the DP World Tour? Um, mm-hmm. He's already answered that. Yes, they will. Yeah. They come back if they want to and reapply for their card. Will the tour players, many of whom kind of spermed, or spurn the uh, uh, live players, um, have huge paydays with all this, yeah, they will. I think we're going to see the PGA uh, purses go up, and it'll be a little more, you know. Well, they're going to have to, but I don't I don't know if the PGA has the money that 
the Saudi. I mean, if the Saudis well, need more money, they just say, "Uh oh, gas price just went up ten cent a gallon." <laughs> and and that's know, that's but, part of being under yeah, one umbrella. Person, I'm, I'm, you're right. And um, it's just it's going to be interesting to see. But that's Chris's whim. That's his world. <laughs> it's not a good like I said. It's not a good world for me right now because I I grew up with what you what you what I don't like about Liz. What you do like about it, I like the the aspect of when you go to Augusta. It's, don't be hollering, raising hell, and this ain't this ain't a bad <laughs> baseball game, man. And and that's what these guys want. Um, and and I'm you know what I'm gonna stand with Rory McIlroy. He he, he said it in the get go that he didn't care if he offered him two hundred million dollars. I'm gonna take this to I'm gonna take it to a level. And I'm gonna bring in NIL because you want me to do it. <laughs> this is the same way I feel about Spencer Rally at Carolina. You want to play with the Gamecocks? I tell you what, you give your scholarship back and you give your money back. So Phil, you want to come back over here and play? You show me you want to play. The tour that made you millions and millions of dollars. I want you to pay to get back into this 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 tour. See, I, I disagree with that because I think the 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 tour had a monopoly, and for a player to go off and create another league on his own. Um, you know, to earn even more money in that process of it for a league that was stagnant, um, I, I give more credit. Now, the way that it was done, I disagree with. But well, the fact well, that we have another league to challenge them, I think, was a good thing. Well, that that goes back to the – It was uh, for a year, but I don't think it's going to exist. I, yeah. I, I don't. I think what you're seeing now is this merger is, like you said, is simply to stop lawsuits – yeah. From being so frivolous that we just we're only looking at this one aspect of it. Yeah. I because I'm gonna tell you right now, no, I, there is no way if Augusta National wants to limit these guys from playing in it, they not playing this yeah. tournament. No. We've already seen that they don't need sponsors. If, if they say that Phil, you're not coming back, you're not coming back, buddy. Whether you've won it or not, yeah. and I, I just can't see a PGA Tour being able to have the authority under that umbrella to say you're going to let him back in because I say we just won't have a Masters tournament. Go well, play in Saudi. That, that's that's yeah. the thing, though, is the PGA is not part of the majors that are going to be there. The majors are, do not fall underneath that PGA umbrella. Right. Um, so the live golfers will be able to play there. They just won't be able to play in, in some of these other tournaments like the one up in Canada right now. Well, that, that goes – and this goes back to what you spoke of earlier. When the AFL started and the guy – the <laughs> owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't remember his name. Oh, man, he's talking you know, about him every he, day. He'd been wanting to try to get a, a team forever and – NFL wouldn't let him. They didn't want to expand. They didn't. Lamar Hunt. Hunt. That's it. He had he had more than enough money to do what he wanted to do. So he basically goes out, calls up some of his million billionaire friends, and say, "Hey, let's start our own league." And it didn't take long for the old guys over there that were already established to say, "Wait a minute, this can be good. This can mean more money for us." A lot like. Uh, Stanky did with the SEC saying, we're going to, since we can play one more game, we're going to have a conference championship game. No other conference was doing it. And all of a sudden, there's millions of dollars flowing into the SEC because they did it. Now everybody wants to jump on board and do it. And it's the same way. That they, the, first, the very first Super Bowl, I mean, these leagues had played for a couple of years before that, but then they decided, let's go AFL versus NFL and see what happens. Well, the AFL kind of kicked their butt a couple of times, and okay, and then it got to be normal in the Super Bowl. You look at it, what it was in game one, game two, to what it is now, and the money that's generated from it. And don't try to buy an ad, because <laughs> I promise you, you ain't got enough money. Well, and, and a lot of the live hatred comes from uh, 
there was rumors that they were part of 9-11, which yeah. we don't know if that's true, true. or not. Right. Um, we do know their style of living is way different than it is mm. over here. As a matter of fact, it's more male-dominated uh, over in that area. And that you know, has a, a lot of, of folks saying that it, it you know, the money's uh, kind of, shall we say, um, coming tainted. from the wrongs, yeah, tainted in <laughs> that regard. Um, that's there. But, you know, I, I, I look at Monahan and I, I say, you know, he, he had to look at the bigger picture somewhere down the line because he was fighting a losing battle as it was. He did not have the money to keep well, up with what the Saudis had. He waits one more month and they fold. I'm telling you right now, one more month to a year. But well, I don't fold. think the so. lawsuit. The lawsuits were what's going to put him under. Well, yeah, and that's the right. Lawsuits and that's, were going to put him under because the money that he was going to have to pay those lawyers and everything, and the Saudis were just going to drag it out forever, and he was. And it was just you were just gonna see live go like this up, <laughs> and the PGA go down, and when it hit bottom, they would they step in. They would step in. The thing but, is, the article I read um, over there with the BBC had to do with the prince that is heading all of this, and he yeah. is one of those guys that doesn't like to lose, kind of mm. like Donald Trump is. Yeah, and he will keep pouring money, in. even yeah. if it's a losing battle, he yeah. will keep going and keep going and keep going until he wins, until he gets his way. Yeah, yeah. So and I, that's I what and and. And, you know, we said it more than once, and, and to Chris's favorite subject, NIL, it's <laughs> it's all about the almighty dollar now. Yeah. Sports, you don't have amateur sports anymore. They say the Olympics are amateurs. No. You, well, you, don't take, you don't take two years, three years of your life, quit your job, and go train for three solid years to play in an Olympics, and you didn't get any money. No, you living off something. You living in a house somewhere. You you driving an automobile somewhere. You're eating food somewhere, and that money's got to be coming out of your pocket. So right. there's money there. The, the other thing is, is is the players that this benefits and doesn't benefit. It does yeah. not benefit Phil Mickelson. F- you know, he he comes out looking pretty good pretty with good. the merger yeah. right now. Rory comes out looking kind of bad. Cam Smith, I think, comes out looking great, whereas uh, Sergio, you know, uh, I, I I think probably does as well. Um, Greg Norman does not look good in all of this. We don't. He probably will still head the league, live league, if it continues on, but he will not have a seat on that board or anywhere close to it. Well, and the thing about it, this takes. A lot of pressure off of the uh, the guys that are on the PGA that maybe having to get a little bit of age on them, but they're still playing decent golf, and they're trying to make that decision. You know, do I jump over here to live if live will take me, or do I stay here where I'm at? So now that takes that off of them. You know, so and now they may play better. And since Liv, you've had the PGA players that have benefited and and found that, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm in the top 10 now. I'm in the top 20. Yeah. Now you got those guys that had given up their card coming back into back all in. of that. So that now those top guys players. may start so dropping. You're going to see a whole reshuffle of them. Yeah, you're going to see some changes. But Decker, here's the thing. I like Liv today. If one man says you're, you're looking at it the wrong way and he just hosted a tournament named Jack Nicholas. When Jack Nicholas looks at looks at us and he says, Lakeland Sports guys, y'all do a great job. I love Phil, Dustin, and the rest of these guys, but what they did, I don't respect what they did. But I welcome you back. When he welcomes them back, I'll get a live shirt and wear it. 
<laughs> I just tell you, go and get your shirt ready. Make uh, sure we got this recorded, Tom. But it, so but I'm going to tell you, if you one that comes close, I'm going to take yeah. it Greg Norman is one of the reasons that I, that I won't ever – and it's simply because that he just – he didn't have the game to do what he needed to do, and tournaments started pushing him away like Augusta National. They had their requirements. He didn't like their requirements, so he took his golf ball and he went and got some money. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they you, – you've been to his place in Myrtle Beach lately because I heard they've redone the building. They, they've renovated his place for him. So he's – Barefoot Landing now is looking good from what I hear. Now, yeah. I, I don't know about the food part, but they say well, that, uh, that, the court, that his course and his restaurant is looking really good. We're going to see what happens in the soccer league because this same yeah. prince now has gotten involved in, in, in the, the soccer. soccer. It's all about yeah, the money, man. It's about the money, yeah. I'm almost to the point where maybe I need to start doing politics. Because <laughs> all the sports I love, man, like like Stan knows, I don't really care to go see games. Well, here, here, now I, I posed this question last night. We had some friends over, and we were just talking. And, of course, the TV was on, and it uh, popped up that some, I don't know, some governor of North Dakota somewhere threw his name in the hat for the presidential race. The question was raised, how much does it cost to fill out an application and send it in to run for president of the United States? Do you know? Anybody got an idea? We Googled it. You can Google it and you can find out. It's what, like $100? $100. I'll just say, I don't know if it was takes $100. For you to fill out that form Nick, and send it in. Nick, you're running for president. I'm going to go and fill it out and put $100 in for you, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> and, then, and then you get to go on all the news stations and say, I'm running for president. And, and you could be right there with the rest of them because you look at some of these cats and they only got 1%, 2%, 4%. I mean, you know, I think the public- Haley's like 4%. Well, all these people, the only reason they're getting in there is because whoever's elected president, hey, give me a job. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I think having somebody blue-collar experience run for yeah. president might be good. Yeah. I mean, you don't have a talking head. You got somebody yeah. that actually did something. With their lives before they ran for president. What are we going to do in the state of South Carolina? Every one of our former state, they're all running now. Tim yeah. Scott's in, yeah, and, and, and Nikki's in, and so. Well, Nikki and Tim's just looking to get on the ticket as maybe the VP. Mm-hmm. Bring in the vote. See, well, they'll add to whoever decides. The well, GOP let's get off politics. We have sports. Sure. All right. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Let's get out of here. <laughs> we're, let's get out of here before we get ourselves in trouble. What will you say, Tommy? Take me home. All right. We're, we're heading out. Remember, tonight we got a lot of games that are going on. Ladies softball over at Greenwood High taking on Abbeville starting at 5 and 7. Doubleheader there. And uh, you can't forget about uh, post-20 baseball taking on Anderson post-14. Coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Look forward to seeing you there. He's Dan Spivey. That's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.